Hello, and welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, powered by Jetro and Associates. Get ready for another action-packed episode from our team that will help you save time, taxes, and keep more money in your pocket. Hello, small business owners, and welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. My name is Mike Jezoshek. I'm a CPA and founder over at Jetro, which is a digital accounting firm servicing small business owners across the country. We help them with accounting, bookkeeping, taxes, and payroll. Now, on today's webinar, we have a special guest, Kimberly Massey, and I'm going to get right to that interview. All right. So today we have a special guest on today. We have Kimberly Massey. And Kimberly is a progressive visionary, talented public speaker, ordained minister, business finance consultant, author, entrepreneur, and inspiring leader to many seeking to grow, improve, and improve on their financial, professional, and spiritual level. Kimberly has over 25 years of credit, finance, and management experience. She has parlayed that into helping entrepreneurs, small and mid-sized business owners, in building business credit for long-term financial sustainability. Additionally, she provides them access to vendors that can provide financial help to grow and scale their business. Kimberly, I'm really excited to have you on. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. Yeah, so we're going to get started quick with our quick fire questions. And again, these are just some quick questions to kind of get people um, learning a little bit more about you as well as prep them for what we're going to be talking about in our main interview area. So our first quick fire question is, why do you do what you do? Okay. Um, I love the idea of sustainability, the ability to be sustained and to be supported. And so I love it and I know that business owners need it and I love helping them with sustainability in their business processes. That's great. Now, next question is what's one ritual that helps you become better at what you do? That one ritual is that I'm constantly learning and uh, being exposed to information and knowledge. So that means I am attending a conference, whether it's personal, I mean, in person, if it's virtual, if it's reading, if it's watching YouTube, listening to podcasts, webinars, I am learning every day. That's great. And, and I think that that's, you know, as you're a business owner yourself, um, learning is the biggest part. Every, every day you can learn something new and that's really what helps you become uh, better at your profession. So I think that's awesome. Yes, um, yes. What is one app or system that you use to stay in control of your workload? You know, it's a very simple app and it's actually Google. Um, I, I, I lean heavily on my Google calendar and it keeps me on track of what I need to do and how I need to get on time and be on time. <laughs> so Google app, really. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that um, most people don't realize the power that Google has on some of the things and especially how everything collaborates together. Um, really? Recently, my wife and I, we started using our Google calendar to uh, share with family and friends, you know, kind of what our schedule was like and you can share different calendars with them. And it's great because we, her, her parents or my parents don't have to call and say, hey, what do you guys got going on this weekend? They can see that, oh, we're busy or we're not. And so it's, it's, it's really yeah. kind of not just for business, but there, there's a lot of um, further uses of it as well. Right, right. What's one book, podcast, or blog you would recommend and why? 
You know what? I'm going to go with an oldie goldie. And I mean, it is old. I think the book is about 20 years old. And the book is called Maximize the Moment by Bishop T.D. Jakes, Maximize the Moment. And the reason I recommend that book is because the ideology that was discussed throughout the course of the book has stayed with me for all of these years. And I apply it to every part of my life, whether it's spiritual, financial, relational, emotional, opportunity. When you have an opportunity, seize the moment. That's all that you're given is that moment and maximize it to its fullest potential. And when you maximize the moment that you're in, it will open up opportunities and doors for the next season. So it's important to be prepared in that season that you're in and being prepared for the next opportunity that is presented to you. Maximize the moment. Great. And now, finally, what topic will you be focusing on in your main interview today with us? Oh, let's see. My favorite thing almost, how to access $50,000 for your business. Uh, My desire is to help support and sustain sustainability businesses. So if that's a startup, business to get startup funding to you, if that is a a, a more mature business and you need um, funding for growth or just to be sustained, there's financing that's available that many small business owners are completely unaware. And then also to help empower them in understanding the power of building business credit. And that's credit that's in the name of the business and the business's EIN number so that our business owners are not securing and supporting their business with their own personal personal security numbers. So that's kind of why I want to hang my hat today. Excellent. Well, let's get to it. Um, you know, I, th- I think that this is a very important topic for businesses of all stages. And so I, I kind of just want to get started by saying, how can a, a small business owner, what are ways that they can get access to funding? You know, Mike, there are so many ways. I can think of 20 off the bat, but I'm just going to name just a few. Well, let me name a process. Um, When you look at getting access to funding as a business owner, there are three things that you should keep in mind. Credit, cash flow, and collateral. Credit, cash flow, and collateral. Well, when you go to a bank, because, of course, I manage financial center and all of these years of banking, you go into a bank, they expect you to have all three before you get money. Well, what I do is I help business owners get funding based on one of the three. So you can have great credit or you can have great cash flow or you can have collateral and we can get funding to you. Now, when you unpack each of those categories, each of those categories is just a plethora of opportunities to get the money to the business owner. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's really um, interesting where it doesn't have to be all three C's. It can just be one or two or a combination of them. Yes. Just actually just one. I mean, of course, if we can hit all three, yay, that's wonderful. But most business owners are challenged in hitting all three perfectly at the same time. Awesome. Now, one thing that you kind of talk about and you've talked about in the past is this, this idea of alternative funding. Can you give kind of a, give a background of what is alternative funding? And then along with that, what are some popular 
uh, alternative funding strategies that you've seen or implemented with with clients? Absolutely. Alternative funding is that that's not typically found in your traditional banking institution. So like I said, I manage a financial center, right? If I, many times I would have a business owner come in and they would put on a suit for me and bring their best portfolio and business a briefcase and they'd be all bright and shiny and they're coming with a vision and an idea and they like, Kim, give me, give me some money. And I couldn't, I had to turn them away for so many reasons. I had to turn away more business owners than accept and receive because the bank is very rigid in its guidelines. The bank has a condition, what I call risk aversion. <laughs> they are not interested in risk. And statistically, only eight out of 10 businesses will succeed. So when you look at the numbers, just the sheer numbers of risk, they're not into it. They want to see you have two years of profit and loss statement, collateral, great credit. You have to hit all three C's. And then you may get a marginal, a marginal, small marginal amount of money that you really need. That's traditional banking. Alternative funding for business owners, tap back into what we've already spoken to, if you only have the credit and you may not have the years, um, we have a program for that. Um, an amazing one. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. It's 0.0% interest financing on that. Then you may have the collateral, but you don't have the credit. Well, guess what? We can get your money on your collateral. Or the cash flow, which is a very, very popular means of getting financing to businesses. It's cash flow. So I have had clients who had credit scores as low as 480, but they had significant cash flow moving through the business. We can prove that quite easily through bank statements or um, your merchant statements, and I can get immediate cash to you within 24 hours. So there are so many opportunities in the area of alternative funding. And the other thing is we may take a mix of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of that, and have literally three different, four different forms of funding into the business to help you succeed. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. makes complete sense. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, and I'm, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Um, but when it comes to alternative funding versus traditional funding, is there um, typically, is, is there a time where you would say alternative funding is better for this type of business and traditional funding is better for this type of business or really can they kind of be commingled um, inside of each other as well? You know, that is, is individual as if a thousand people went to the doctor and, and got a um, prescription. It depends on the ailment or the need or the condition of the business. Um, there are very few times that I would recommend small businesses going into the bank trying to get a loan because they will find much frustration and disappointment. And what I found is when uh, a lot of my business owners that I've met, you know, out through, throughout the years, when they go into the bank and, they, and they're they're declined, they have a sense of rejection and they begin to hate the system. You know what I mean? And then they shy away from getting the help that they need and they don't have any idea that alternative funding is available. So I like to recommend give alternative funding a try initially. And then, you know, I'm honest, I'll tell a client, I have, I have told clients, this is not your best option. This, let's try something that's more traditional for you that gives you a better rate, better opportunity, better financing needs. 
because it just may not fit. But I think when you start with alternative funding, you will realize a greater success and you'll have a better overall view of funding in your business. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to alternative funding, in your opinion, what are the three most popular strategies for alternative funding? Well, for my business, and what I help my clients with is the 0.0% financing for 12 months. It is a promotional rate. But the reason why it works well for most businesses, myself included, okay, so I, I personally have this particular product, this is so amazing, is that it will allow you to get access to funding that um, – most people don't have the opportunity to receive. And initially in, in early businesses, in, in, in startup businesses, in smaller businesses, um, you don't need profit and loss statements. You don't need collateral. So it fits well for my startup businesses. Uh, for smaller businesses that may not have a lot of cash flow going through the business, it's perfect. Um, it works as an auxiliary financing form. If a, a company has maybe they've gotten funding in a larger venue and it needs to fill a gap. So it's excellent for gap funding. It is perfect to have. I suggest a business line of credit for every business because business cycles typically flow and ebb. Okay. It's, it's cyclical. So you can have a great season, month, year, and then it can fall off for whatever reason, based on the economy, based on the need, based on so many situations and circumstances. That business line of credit gives you flexibility. It gives you peace of mind to know that when and if you need it, you have it. And I've taught for years and years and years, Mike, do not wait until you need money to go get money because that will be the most expensive money that you will ever get. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. When you're, uh, when you're in a pinch, nothing gets uh, cheaper, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so always get it, have it, have it at the best rate possible. And it's better, it's sitting there in case you need it, then you get into an emergency and then you have to make quick decisions and pay it a lot. Uh, higher interest rate. So that's that's my favorite go-to. Of course, there's the Merchant Cash Advance. I love, love Merchant Cash Advance because it gives the business owner a quick reprieve on just financial sufferings. <laughs> I mean, being a business owner and, and, and staying up three or four o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how, how you're going to make payroll this week or um, your cash flow, or if you have an opportunity that you want to, 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 Seeds for your business to grow your business to market your business or what or just to sustain your business merchant cash advance is an excellent opportunity for temporary and i want to reiterate that temporary situations to get you over uh trouble water it is that bridge and the reason why is so uh, popular is because you could actually get access to funding in as, as little as 24 hours now i give full disclosure to all of my clients, I believe in 100% integrity. It is expensive money. But you as an accountant, you and this is your world, so you can weigh in on this, that as far as business expenses and banking fees and professional fees, as far as I know, those things are tax deductible. Yes mm-hmm. or no, accountant? C- CPA, am I right? Yeah. So we're not going to, you know, I tell my business owners, be a boss. we're not going to whine over the cost of being a boss because right now we have a wonderful um, taxation system, which allows us to use those fees that we've had to incur to keep our business going as tax deductions. So if we need it, get it. 
Yeah. And so now with, with merchant advance cash or merchant merchant cash cash advances, you mentioned that mm-hmm. you know, they, they can be expensive. Is alternative mm-hmm. funding generally more expensive than the traditional funding, or is it a case by case basis depending on the strategy that's implemented? In most cases, there is going to be uh, more cost involved because more risk is involved. And it goes back to what we, we spoke to earlier. When you go into a bank, many times they can offer you the best fees. Now, this 0.0% financing, that's just awesome all day long. That's why I use it so heavily for my clients. But aside from that special uh, animal or beast over there, Typically, you will find that banks and credit unions do offer better pricing, but again, those clients that are able to receive uh, funding through those traditional institutions realize they have hit all three C's perfectly, and not only did they hit all three C's perfectly, they, they fit within that box of that particular bank or that credit union. Let me share this with you real quickly, Mike. I um, facilitate workshops and seminars all the time for business owners because my desire is to empower them with the information that they need to be sustainable. And a couple had heard about one of my workshops and someone invited them and they came and they each have about 800 credit score, right? 800 FICO score. They had gone to their bank, national bank and uh, said, listen, we're starting a business. We're, you know, we're getting ready to retire. We want to start a business. This is our dream business. And the bank told them with each of them 800 scores, uh, we'll give you $15,000 and that $15,000 has to be secured. (laughs) So what are you really giving them if you secured it? So they were a little bit disheartened and discouraged. Do you know I was able to get them approved for $160,000 in credit at 0% interest for the first 12 months? Absolutely. So are they, were they a client that fit into the traditional banking system? Yeah. Did they, get the maximum amount of funding that they needed to fulfill what they needed to do? No. And that's where I came in. So I told them, listen, keep the $15,000 that they're going to give you. I mean, don't throw that away. Keep it. But let me add $160,000 to it. So I would say, yes, there are some times that alternative credit will be more expensive because it's more risk involved. But is it worth it? Absolutely. Experiencing the fruition of your vision as an entrepreneur, it is worth it. Yeah. And so, you know, part of those three C's that you mentioned was, was collateral. And mm-hmm. when we're talking about a business, are, are you able to or can you use your home as collateral to get a business loan? Mike, okay. So the true answer is yes, no. So, <laughs> Yes, you can. I do not advise that you do that. And um, there are some programs that do it, but you have to be very careful depending on the state because some states are very, very protective of the homestead of the borrower, of which I am in favor. So I will say this. I have a lot of clients that will say, okay, Kim, I'll, I'll get a line of credit on my home and I'll do this. Well, this is, my, <laughs> this is what I have to say to that. When you use your primary residence, If your business goes belly up, because remember the statistics, eight out of 10 within 10 years fail. If your business goes belly up and you've used the equity in your home as collateral, where will you live? (laughs) Where will you stay? It's not practical. So are there some programs out there that 
will use the home in some states that will legally allow it? Yes. Do I say you do it? No, because I'm a business consultant and I want the best for you. So is that, you understand my answer? So yeah. yes, no. <laughs> you know, it, and that makes complete sense. Um, but kind of piggyback, piggybacking on that, you know, if you, if you're not having a personal guarantee, where does that, you know, what is business credit without that personal guarantee? Okay. So thank you for saying that because business credit is exactly that. No personal guarantee. Business credit is building credit in the name of the business and the business's EIN number separate and apart from a personal guarantee. So I always use this analogy, right? Walmart, because I absolutely love Walmart. So <laughs> the Walmart that is in the community, in the, in the listeners community, how many people think, Sam Walton, okay, he founded Walmart and Sam's Club. How many people think that anybody in his family went to your community and signed their personal name and social security number to build that Walmart? The answer is no, they did not. They used business credit. So we can understand that when it comes to a Walmart, but we don't understand that the same exact principles that Walmart used to build business credit, that no one in the family is supporting the business with their social security number, the same thing we can do as small business owners, even home-based businesses. And the reason why this is necessary, because I don't care how long you have a business, eventually the needs of the business will outpace the ability of the business owner's personal social security uh, number and credit, and it cannot support the weight of that business. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you, I've had people call me in tears because they've maxed out their personal credit, their business that is high, and they can't do anything. They can't help their family. They can't help the business because they use the credit, their personal credit for the business. So business credit is a process. It is a system. And a good, robust business credit file is, is a combination of about 15 trade lines of credit in the business name and EIN number solely on Dun & Bradstreet, Business Experian, and Business Equifax. And once you've taken the time to build those lines of credit in the business name only, then when you go to get business credit, they see a wonderful, sweet, lovely, full and robust credit file for the business. It's doable. It's possible. Businesses do it every day. The challenge is most small business owners don't even know that business credit exists for their benefit. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, how does a business owner get, get, get business credit? So let's say you're a business owner, you have horrible personal credit, but how can you turn that around and get excellent business credit, even with that horrible personal credit side? And it is so possible. And you know what? The thing about business credit, I feel that it's much quicker and easier to build business credit than it is even to rebuild or repair personal credit. The key to business credit is knowing when to pay and how to pay and that you pay. 
right? So they're not necessarily looking at the time in business. Unlike when, when you're using, when you're building personal credit, a portion of your credit score depends on how old the line of credit is. Um, business credit is not like that. So in essence, you can build a robust credit file in, in nine to 12 months and have access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you will start with using what I call vendor credit. Vendor credit is credit in a store. That particular store will give you credit in the business name and EIN number only. So when you call, you, you apply, you never, ever, ever give your social security number. And I can't help but say this over and over again. Do not give your social security number. You tell them, no, you cannot use my social security number. This is in my business. This is the business's EIN number, and I am not personally guaranteeing this. And once you build that vendor credit on one tier, then there's another level of uh, vendors that will look at it and say, okay, wait a minute. They have about four or five trade lines that they paid on time. Uh, we'll extend credit to them. And then you build on that level. And then you move to the next level because the next level say, okay, they got about nine or 10 credit trade lines. Yeah, I'll give them credit. And the next thing you know, you're able to buy, uh, get fleet financing. You're able to get financing through Amazon, through uh, Best Buy. You're able to get cash credit cards. And cash credit cards are like Visas and MasterCards and an Amex, you know. Uh, these are cards that you can use anywhere. You're not limited to that store credit. But you have to be disciplined enough to build it, and you have to know when and where to go and how to do it successfully to be successful in it in a short amount of time. Yeah, no, that, that's great. And I think, you know, most, as you mentioned, you know, multiple times today, most, most business owners, when they think of getting a line of credit or getting any kind of uh, credit for their business, they just assume it's going under their personal and they assume that they mm -hmm. had to do give up something personally for that, for that credit. So I, I think mm -hmm. it's great to get that idea of, Hey, you know, your business can create its own credit and, and it, mm -hmm. it your personal piece out of it. So I want to move on. You know, what are, when it comes to uh, a business credit application, what are the top three mistakes that would get that application denied? Oh, fabulous question. So, what people don't understand is your address can be one of the major factors that your credit is denied. Uh, one of the things is even if you're a home-based business, and I teach this in a program that I've written, even if you're a home-based business, you want to have a business address, right? Because some companies, just imagine you're a home-based business, you're needing a loan for $60,000. I'm just throwing a number out there. And they actually Google the address and they pull up the picture and they see a nice house with a white picket fence and Fido's little eyes peeping through the fence. <laughs> You're not going to get a $60,000 business loan, right? Because now it doesn't, it don't look like a business. You have to you have business address. Everything has to be consistent. You need a business bank account, number two. I cannot tell you how many business owners commingle funds in a personal account. And in many cases, your business is not considered a business until you have actually transacted business through a business bank account in terms of banking and credit and financing. So they, that's another thing. They'll submit personal statements. Wrong 
denied. I, I'm, I'm old enough to say there was an old show called The Gong Show, like I'm dating myself. <laughs> and they would hit a big gong, gong. <laughs> no. Another thing that you will be surprised is that uh, telephone number. And let me say with that, I'm, I'm going to piggyback on that, uh, lack of good web presence. So how you present in your, in your physical street address and telephone number, um, using a personal bank statement or using your personal account for bank, your business transactions, and also your internet presence. So albeit website, social media, all of those. You have to present a complete business for a lender to take you serious about giving you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of their money. Yeah. And, I, you know, kind of touching on those three points, I think that's great because um, if you're running an actual business and, and you're looking to get customers, get clients, whatever, if you're B2B or B2C, all three of those things are all good things to have. And, and you know, one that kind of struck me really, really hard was the business bank account. Um, you know, as a, as a consultant for business owners and, and, you know, we work exclusively with business owners, that's the number one thing I tell everyone initially when they sign up with us, they have to have a separate business bank account. If they don't, mm-hmm. we can't even work with them because when you're commingling, mm-hmm. it is just too hard to try to um, one bulletproof yourself from that IRS audit and just kind of keep those solid records because you don't necessarily know what's business, what's personal. And even if you can try to remember it, it's still hard to defend in the event of an IRS audit. So I, I think that, you know, as anyone starting out, I, I think uh, all those three items that you mentioned are extremely important. And, and I would imagine that most business owners already have most of that already done. And so that's, that's great, great to know that those three mistakes are, are not too hard to accomplish. It's not. It's not. And my, I've had so many business owners. I'll say, okay, I need bank statements. It's like, well, I have personal bank statements. And I'm like, go open a business account yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. Not today. Yesterday. That's how important it is. You know, so yeah. you're exactly right. Now, you know, you, you mentioned uh, in the past uh, DMB or Dun & Bradstreet. What does, mm-hmm. what does that have to do with a business um, getting approved for business credit? Because Dun and Bradstreet, they are an uh, organization who collects information for businesses about businesses. Period. The thing about Dun and Bradstreet is, and just let me say this: in terms of privacy uh, for businesses, it's not the same veil as it is on a personal level. So if I wanted to look at your credit report, I would have to have your permission to take a look at your credit report to see how you pay your bills. That's not the case in the business world. So anybody can go to Dun & Bradstreet and pull up your business without you knowing and look at how you pay your bills, if you pay your bills, and who you owe. Mm -hmm. So that's very different than the personal side. So Dun & Bradstreet serves as a collection agency to show uh, the reporting of what happens with businesses and how they pay their bills. Now, 
oh, one reason this is important, let's just say uh, I was going to sell you my company. You wanted to buy my company. And I told you, I'm like, oh, Mike, it's the best company. Oh, my gosh, we're in the positive. We have so much money. We don't have any debt. You know how people carry on like that. Well, all you have to do is say, hmm, that sounds good, Kim, and go look on Dun & Bradstreet. And when you find my business name and I built credit, then you can say she's telling the truth. But what if I told you all this and none of that were true? You can look at Dunton & Bradstreet and you can see that I owe everybody and they're getting ready to take my business. <laughs> that protects you from buying my business. You know what I mean? So it's very important to have a Dun & Bradstreet number, every single business under the sound of my voice. If you don't have a Dun & Bradstreet number, go get one. It is a free, absolutely free. Get a Dun & Bradstreet number. The other thing I always tell people, go to the Dun & Bradstreet website and make sure someone has not already reported you and you don't even know. So you want to make sure that the information that's being reported about your business is accurate and correct. And it also is a place where you can go to establish business credit because there are some lenders that will look at the Dun & Bradstreet number and they will look at what is called a Paydex score. And I know we don't have a lot of time to go into that today, but a Paydex score for Dun & Bradstreet is like what your FICO score is to your personal credit. Got it. And so it's important to have a high Dun, um, Paydex score, which is above 85 uh, you want 100, think about 100 on that spelling test when you was in school, you want 100 on your Paydex score, but 85 and up is better. And so you're building that when you're building trade lines on Dun & Bradstreet. Excellent. No, that's, that's great information. And I kind of want to follow or, you know, kind of wrap up much of our discussion on this alternate funding and in various business credit to say, you know, when it comes to alternate funding, Generally speaking, or what are some of the ranges of how quickly a business can get that funding? Now, you know, I know you mentioned 24 hours earlier um, using a merchant cash advance, but what is kind of that different ranges of how quickly that funding can come to a business? It depends on like, there is like probably over 20 venues of opportunity of getting funding, but particularly in the merchant cash advance space, um, sometimes in a lease purchase space, you looking at funding as little as 24 hours. It depends on what time of day the application get in. There are some situations if the application is in very early, you can have funds wired at the end of the day. It's been done. Um, I wouldn't count on it, but it's been done 24 hours, typically some 48 hours. Um, that's the general range uh, for merchant cash advance. If you come in with what you need, you have the three, biz, uh, three months of business bank statements. You have your current month to date transaction history, not an Excel sheet, but everything from the bank, you know, your ID and a few little other things, less than five things you need. Many times you can have funds wired in your account that quickly. Now, if we're using collateral, depending on the collateral that we're using, then it will take a little bit longer because many times you're looking at maybe an appraisal or some type of evaluation, and that's going to add a little bit more time to uh, what you need to do. But often it's, it's quicker than your traditional financing of about, you know, 5, 10, 21 days. So it just depends. I've seen things linger out. And what I share with my, my business owners is I will work quickly for you, but you have to get the information that we request expeditiously. And they're not, when a, when a lender asks for a stipulation, that's what they want. And they don't want an excuse. 
<laughs> they want that stipulation. And so I educate my people when we begin the process, if you give me exactly what I need for you, need from you, because that's what they're asking. We can move this through quickly and with much ease. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're, when you're getting funding for a business, do you ever look into that business and say, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of businesses that are looking for funding that really should be looking at potentially closing doors instead of getting funding. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. a vast majority of businesses too that just need that, 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 that cash flow because they're just short on time or they have age receivables that they're just, that they're just waiting on. So when you're looking at funding a business and, and after post-funding, are those things that you kind of help all business owners with is saying, hey, you know, I, I see that you guys are, have this, you know, great client base but your cash flow is really bad. And, and, you know, what are you looking at for your average accounts receivable outstanding? You know, how many days are your, is your AR going? And is there things that we can accomplish within your business that can help, you know, your business operate at a much smoother, smoother pace? That is a wonderful strategy. That strategy is not in my wheelhouse. And that is something that I will refer to you. That's where you have your strength. You are a CPA. You're able to look at the business financials. You're able to look at the AR. You're able to uh, make certain projections based on the business plan and uh, growth model. Again, I get them the funding. I help get them the business credit to get them the financing that they need. So Mm -hmm. I'm training on getting you the access to the money, but how you spend it going forward is something that needs to go to a Mike, the CPA. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, you know, I I think that, you know, being able to get access to funding is is so important for many businesses. Uh, I've seen story after story, client after client, where they get to a point where they can't make payroll one week. And then the next week they have over, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in the bank account because they were just waiting on something to drop. They were waiting on a receivable right. or a merchant account or, you know, whatever it might be that was just holding funds. They're waiting for it to drop. So, you know, I, I try to, to let business owners know that it, it doesn't necessarily, if you're getting funding, it doesn't necessarily, it's not a bad thing. It's often a good thing. Um, even if it is for cash flow, because you're just waiting for that, you know, cash flow to come around. And, and so I, I, I think it's a great information that you provided um, for small business owners. I, I really enjoyed the information you were able to give. And I, I think it'll be really useful to a lot of our listeners. Now, uh, as we wrap up here today, explain a little bit more about kind of what you do specifically, you know, outside of what you mentioned here, how, how someone can reach you if they'd like and, and any other kind of final thoughts that you have for our listeners. Wonderful, Mike. Thank you again for the opportunity to share, obviously, what is my passion in helping businesses through, like you mentioned, uh, the business that know that they're going to have an invoice that's going to be fulfilled very quickly, they will be a great candidate. Um, Even we have financing that we can get them a loan against the invoice, against the receivable, right? Because it can be used as collateral as well. So when a person speaks to me, I'm not just looking at one way. As if When I was at the bank, I only had just one direction that I could look, but I'm looking at 70 directions. I'm looking at, well, if you don't have this, perhaps you have that. If you don't have that. So those are the kind of conversations that I'm able to have with helping business owners secure financing. Um, I'm a great spot for startup companies uh, the startup companies have a hard time, a very difficult time getting the finances they need. And many are opting to bootstrapping their businesses. Sometimes they can um, 
collect enough, raise enough. Many times they cannot. Those are many great options. Bridge loans, SBA, you name it, we can help. But more importantly, I want to see the business sustained. I need you to understand that business credit is the way to sustainability in terms of credit and financing and funding. And so you need to be educated in how to do that. I created an online program. It's called our Business Builder Online Course. And I literally take business owners through baby steps. I mean, Lego steps of building business credit. We talk about the address. We talk about the telephone number. I help you set up uh, Dun and Bradstreet, give you information on that line by line by line. And then here's the goal. I give you the name of the vendors on each tier. So you're not trying to figure out and go online and find out who can I get my business set up with using business credit only and not using my social security number. That's given to you on every tier. So that in nine to 12 months, if you follow the process as prescribed, you now have that robust credit uh, for your business in the business name and the business EIN number. It is substantial. It is the difference in a business succeeding and failing in my opinion. So um, I want to offer that to all of the listening uh, uh, audience because it particularly that's owning businesses or that you want to own a business. If you want to own a business, I do have a business developer program that helps and we can work in concert with building the business as well, business credit as well. I'm here to provide the support and guidance that's needed. So I believe in this so much until I'm also offering for a limited time. If anyone purchases, go online and purchase the business credit builder, the online course, or the business development program, full price. And let me say, we partner with PayPal. So in many cases, you can get 0.0% interest on that. So you don't have to come up with the money up front. I try to make it accessible to everyone I can. I am offering, you ready for this, Mike? I didn't tell you what it was, but I'm so excited. <laughs> a five-day Four night Bahama cruise for two people. Wow. <laughs> I love the reaction. I know. Five days, four nights, two people. So listen, I'm not paying for your taxes. We're not going to pay for your port fees. That's, that's on you. But you can have all you can eat on the ship, I promise. Tell them I told them. <laughs> but we pay for that. <laughs> we pay for two days at the hotel on land. But I believe so much in the program and the process that I'm doing everything that I can to incent business owners to jump on board. Look, if, if I can show you that I'm, I'm a small business owner, okay, I'm not huge corporate owner, I'm a small business owner, and I can help you and, and also incent you and believe in you enough to send you and your boo on a trip, then you know that I'm serious about this. I have skin in the game because I care about sustainability. So go to my website, www.getyourmoney911.com. That's right. www.getyourmoney911.com money 911.com awesome. yeah and, and i'll also share that in the in, in in the show notes as well so anyone that's listening if you want to go in the show notes you can grab that link there as well thank you so much awesome well kim it was great to have you on i really appreciate uh you taking the time out of your day to to come and you know give some information to valuable information to our, our listeners so again want to thank you for coming on and uh, we'll definitely be in touch. 
Thank you so much, Mike, for what you're doing for the small business community. We appreciate you. Thank you for um, your voice and allowing the voice of so many of us that have the heart of a small business owner to be heard. God bless. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode. I want to remind you to check out our website, www.taxsavingspodcast.com. And this is just a great resource to go to and check out our most recent episodes, as well as find extra items if you want to take what we discuss here on our weekly episodes and dive a little bit deeper. Also, don't forget to join our Facebook group where we share tons of value and you have the opportunity to bring up situations you are faced with and we can help you out. You can join by simply searching in Facebook, for Small Business Tax Secrets, and there should be a group that pops up to join. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, I ask that you just please leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen to us and share with other business owners. Our goal is to just help out business owners that need accounting, tax, and help growing their business. If there's a topic that you want us to touch on, shoot me an email or reach out to me on social media. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode, and I will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast from the team at Jetro and Associates. If you have any questions, feel free to email them, tax at jetrotax.com. We have packages for small business owners starting at just $75 a month. If you enjoyed our podcast, please take the time out to give us a five-star review in iTunes or wherever you listen. This helps us to bring you useful tips to help you grow your small business. Thanks for listening and have a great day.